Some trading days and trading weeks are more important than others. Today's a big day. This is a big week. Broke a four-day losing streak on Friday. Back up near the highs of the move. We got inflation data. We're going to talk about the big week coming up here in a few minutes. We're going to talk about Berkshire Hathaway. Tracy Reiniak joining us at 8.35, and I am going to start the show out with Dennis with a personal apology. Mitch, let's get things going. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We're starting out in the green, up six and three quarters handles at 4157. Nice level up top, Friday's high and Wednesday's high, right there together. We'll see if we can poke through there. Uh, the buck is down uh, almost 13 cents at 10087. Bonds are down 20, 30 seconds at 130 and 11, 30 seconds. Another good day for crude, up a buck 98 at 73.32. Gold remaining in the 2000 handle, up 550 at 20, 30, 20. Silver going the opposite direction. That's down a nickel at 25.87. And withdrawal issues at Binance. We're down 17.55. Clicking to 28K in the Bitcoin futures. Let's bring on uh, Triple D. And Triple D, uh, I should have, it's not a personal apology to you, but uh, I'm very upset with myself um, over the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, why? Yeah, come on, Joel. I thought you had, you know, those those eyes out there. Tell us well, what happened. It, well, do the morning. Well, we did do a swim on Saturday. We did a, like a, a three-mile walk, rack breakfast, and boom, pops up on my phone. My horse is scratched. scratched. It's out of the race. It's out of the race. Tough, uh, tough start. Yeah. Tough and, start. you know. Instead of, you know, if I was into track, like when I was a little kid, what I would do is I'd grab the program and I'd, I'd you know, put a big X through the horse, right? Because he's not racing. And I would say, okay, that horse is out. Who, you know, where should I go? I should have totally thrown out all my analysis for, you know, that's a problem. You write an article on Friday and the horse scratches on Saturday. Yeah. Because if I would have been look, if I would have had a real program, that's what I'm going to do now. I'm not going to go through the websites. I'm going to print out a program and I'm going to look at it. You know that horse mage mm -hmm. that uh, ended up winning? Yeah. Yeah. Guess who he lost to in his last race in the Florida Derby? Your horse. My horse. And he made a great move and then Forte caught him. The horse goes off at like 10, 12 to 1. Instead, I stick with this, you know, what I wrote in my article. So I personally apologize to to the chat. You guys are not going to get me to do that very often. Huh. Should have had the program. Should have been looking at it. The second best horse in the race, Mitch, Angel Vampire. That came in third. And the um, second year in a row, man, I picked the third place guy. So, so you got to bet the show. Then you got to bet gotta, the show. Got to bet the show. 
Uh, but anyways, we'll see if Forte comes back. But, man, that's it. I, I got to get a program, and I got to look at it, and I got to do my analysis and forget what I wrote. I mean, these scratches make it tough. But um, it anyways, Dennis. Why did, it, did we find out why he got scratched? Bruised yes. foot, right, or yes. something like that? Yeah. Wink, wink. No, I don't know. He Supposedly, he stumbled on Thursday uh, he looked a little gimpy. He galloped Saturday morning and the tracks are being very conservative. And, uh, in addition to five horses dying at the track, two were euthanized during the races after their races on Saturday. And, um, you know, they just didn't want to take a chance. And, uh, boy, if you're the owner, I mean, you talk about a million dollars just going or potentially a million dollars just going poof like that. But uh, it sets the stage for the Preakness. If uh, if if Forte can come back and, you know, he'll be fresh against uh, Mage uh, in the Preakness. But you well, guys aren't here to listen to horse well, racing. I know. I know. We can talk about one stallion that never gives up and keeps going. Of course, none other than... Warren Buffett, of course. He's the stallion. See, it was all a segue. It was all one big segue into the Warren Buffett show on the weekend. The stallion that is Warren Buffett, right? Why we pay Mitch the big bucks. He gets that. Let's go, team. Let's talk about it. First thing we'll talk about it. He did talk about the reserve currency. He says, I see no option for any currency to be the reserve currency. So let's just get that one out of the way. I don't think that's really important. Let's get to the good stuff, right? Of course, he did talk about Occidental Petroleum. I thought that was really big news coming out of the meeting. Of course, Berkshire Hathaway's yeah. meeting over the weekend. This went took place. If you guys haven't seen it, it's like over seven hours. You guys got <sighs> some time. Holy, they talk, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know if I can stay on stage for seven hours. They're, they're going to like cut talking. that short. But uh, Berkshire Hathaway wouldn't take over Occidental Petroleum, stated uh, was the quote that there's speculation about us buying control. We're not going to buy control. We wouldn't want, we wouldn't know what to do with it, is what Warren Buffett said. Yeah. And so we'll go with that one first. Let's talk about this first, and then we're going to take it slowly down the line of the highlights. Yeah, lots of implications uh, from everything that Buffett said. He and, and commentary, and obviously this was a question, are you going to buy the rest of Occidental Petroleum because they already own 23%? I've speculated on the show that he might buy the whole company. Yeah. So he squashed that speculation here. And it kind of makes sense. Like when you think about it, what he said was they wouldn't know how, what to do with it, meaning they don't want to buy control and run this company. They want it to just continue to run as it is. He did say they, they are authorized to go up to 50%. Mm. So basically they can go up to 50% without even talking to shareholders here. So they're 23 right now. So I don't think, I think the media is interpreting, oh, he's not buying any more Oxy. I didn't interpret it that way. I'm interpreting that he's not buying the whole company, which is why the stock is down here today. But I still think he got this Buffett buy zone, 58 59 it bounced off of there a couple days ago as it pulls back into that buy zone that 58 to 59 area i will continue to buy it as well it's just trading it because i do think now if you see a disclosure come that he bought more oxy the market's be like whoa but he said he wasn't going to buy anymore because this market is stupid now i'm pretty sure he's going to buy more stock he kind of you know hinted that he could buy more stock he just said he's not buying the whole company so I think the market's interpreting it that, yeah, he's not buying the whole company, so I'm not going to take over. And that's correct. So, you know, maybe there was a little bit of premium in there, and that's why the stock's down a little bit. But I still think you got the Buffett buy zone, 58 to 59. I'm still playing it down there. All right, let's keep going to a next comment here. Let's go to Warren Buffett on Paramount. 
He said that it's never good when a company cuts dividends dramatically, um, of course. And uh, we've known that he's, he still has that exposure there, uh, but Paramount definitely going down as of late. Um, is this a move that he's going to get out of? Of course, not given here, but something that I'd keep a watch on to see if he just starts piecing out of it, right? I mean, it's mm. not looking good for pa- It's pa- not Buffett style, Mitch. Yeah. It's not Buffett style unless the company's like he feels like they're in trouble and he pieces other airlines. He's not a big Salmon and uh, he's not a big like taking my losses and moving on. And it's a small position from him. I don't think yeah, he's going to sell. Yeah, it is a small it. one. I don't think he's going to sell his Paramount. I don't think he's going to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong and I'm out on this. I think he sees it. Hey, as watch your offers there, Dennis. We're, we're, we're popping a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little here. bit. We're yeah, popping up a little much. bit. Okay. So I think um, this Paramount's interesting, Joel. You are at major support. The one reason I would say is if you want to take a shot is the 1529, which is the low from April. I'm um, sorry, the low from, yeah, when was that? I'm just trying to grab the date on that. Sorry, the low from November. Mm-hmm. The low from November. Um, that's a big level for it. So if you're taking a shot down here and saying three-day rule, you know, it's down, down, it could bounce. I mean, if we start to turn this market around and it looks like the market wants to turn around, you got to be looking for dips to buy. I'm not saying I'm coming here and buying Paramount, but there is a level here, 15 and 16. So you're at decent support. This is probably one not for me. There's probably easier plays out there, but I won't argue with you if you're trying it here. Uh, it's just a tough, you know, tough sector, tough industry, you know, just a lot of competition, more competition coming in. So, uh, you know, don't have, I mean, just technically, uh, you know, set up, you got the bounce off the $16 area. I'm just going to look right instead of left here. And what would be better, you know, for me, if this could like put in a couple lows above that low from, uh, from Friday, you know, maybe 16 and a quarter, you know, build a little base, uh, you know, the institutions that maybe wanted to buy it at 16, didn't get their, you know, their fill in there. So they're going to step up. Uh, but you got room. I mean, if you could take out yesterday's high, obviously you got room to the top of the gap. Uh, but usually when you see stocks that have these big gap downs, it usually takes a while to get back in that gap area. So, and that, and the top of that gap that day was 19. I remember looking at it on Thursday, like, ah, oh, I wonder if 19 is going to hold. Whoosh! They off. They went offered at nineteen and never looked back. So we'll see if you could get on. Uh, you know, a couple days, maybe a couple inside days, a little consolidation yeah. there. Yeah, maybe stop going down. You know, before you're just trying to call the bottom on it. Maybe give it a chance to just like start rounding or something. All right, let's keep going. Let's get into some comments that were made in the auto industry, and then we'll also bring the Elon Musk comments with this. First thing that he talked about was that Warren was talking about how the auto industry is just too tough. He even talked about, you know, Henry Ford. He went back into that time when, you know, he accomplished so much. But even 20 years later, after the Model T that was, you know, some would say the best design ever made, uh, he said that, you know, they weren't profitable. They were losing money, right? And he said that he wouldn't know who would be the market leader in auto moving forward. And so that's why he's not taking bets in, in kind of the auto industry. Um, but he did say, of course, he says, I know where Apple's going to be in five or 10 years, not the car companies. So that's just going to give you guys the kind of confidence that he has in Apple and not in the auto industry. Let's talk about the Elon Musk comments. He said that Elon Musk has become successful by taking on the impossible job. That's what Buffett and, and, Muggers, and Munger said. Uh, Elon Musk overestimates himself, but he's very talented. 
That's what Munger said there. Um, Warren and I look for the easy job that we can identify. Uh, but Buffett affirmed that he and Munger do not want to compete with Elon and says that, you know, he accomplishes the impossible tasks. So they're not going to compete against him pretty much. That's what they were saying. Means he's not going by and Ford GM right away. Exactly. He, yeah. He's not going after the auto industry. He doesn't yeah, care he's about staying it. away. I he mean, was in GM for a long time. time. Yeah. Yeah. He was in GM for a long time. And then I think that he got out of it. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> just real quick, going back to the Apple comments. I mean, Apple, Apple's, I mean, that was one impressive move on Friday. You got to, you got to hand it to, you know, I mean, I know we poo-pooed or you guys poo-pooed the report a little bit because of declining revenues, but boy, oh boy, that, that really took off. I just, if you're looking for another target here, 176.15, this Tesla, man, even before this meeting, this thing looked sleepy, didn't it? It had the gap down after earnings. They really tried to bust it. And they couldn't, and then you know, growth, you know, kind of turned into favor more in favor today. Right. Uh, now it's trading up three eighty nine. I think you know, uh, look for a gap fill today, or maybe I today so. over the next couple of days, one seventy seven yeah. sixty five. But uh, that'd be it. Looks like you got a turn in Tesla there. You got room to one eighty easily here. So if you're one seventy four, I think I'd be holding it for at least the one eighty to give you like a fifty percent retracement of the two hundred to one. 210 to 150 180 area looks like a good uh-huh. area there so I, th- I think there's room here i think market is scrambling now money manager scrambling i'm scrambling too i mean you know you see stocks going i wanted to buy that amd dip on friday and it didn't even last like an hour so it's just giving you the feel that hey the money managers are trying to get exposure here again they're not buying food stocks and defense so they're trying to get on the offense here that's why tesla's taking off today looks like a you know not a, not a huge day for the market but i would argue when i'm looking under the hood yeah um kind of pun kind of intended there with tesla there's a lot of growthy names really going here today so i mean spy is down because we know microsoft and apple are moving opposite the spy on some days here and the growthy stuff but if you look here, banks are having an excellent day here today. Oil is having an excellent day here today. And then you get the growthy names that are having a pretty good day too. And there's a lot of those on the calendar, the Airbnbs and Bs and the Twilio's and the upstarts are reporting. So Unity's reporting. There's a lot of Roblox. There's a lot of growthy names reporting this week. And we know there tends to be a positive, you know, move ahead of those reports. Palantir, which I've, you know, um, I've sold out of. Uh, but while I was playing for a bet, and I actually did play it over the weekend, I just sold out of it again this morning. Um, it's a four and a half percent. It's reporting here tonight. So I mean, sometimes it's just you know money just to be made just from being long these things ahead of the reports. But taking it back to Tesla, the reason I tie all this in is they're all kind of the growthy names that are trading you know with higher multiples here. Those stocks are in favor this morning. Yeah, they go. They were in favor on Friday, right? We'll yep, see if they it's stay continuation. in favor, right? That's it's continuation from here, Friday. Yeah, we'll see yeah. from that. And I agree with you on Tesla's closing that gap. That's the one that I called out from uh, May first, uh, with Tesla closed the gap right there to 180, and I could see it just closing that, and then start using that as resistance. So we'll see if we, we get up to that level. And I think it's slightly underneath 180, but I can see yeah, 180 in reach below there, 177.65. That yep, that fills the gap there. Yep. All right. We'll see what happens there in that Tesla. Um, also, there was other comments. Um, where, uh, Berkshire was asked about, of course, Warren was asked about, well, you own 35% of the portfolio is Apple. Well, he said, no, I own 6% of Apple. 
That's what I'm focusing on. And and he tried to talk about how, uh, you know, a lot of people focus on diversification. But like he says, he just wants to be in the best place. That's what matters to him. And uh, Munger also said this also. He said, just think about it in a lot of schools and universities right now. It's being taught that you need to diversify at all costs. Like it's the only way to get out of risk. But he clearly said, no, what I would want to be is in my top three plays. And that would probably keep me away from the risk. Why? How do you go from 35 to 6%? I kind of. So, so uh, the, the portfolio is really, I think it's 35%. But he, he started talking about how um, he was just talking about how what he wants to own of Apple. And that he puts the same amount of money in Apple that he puts in all the railroads. And he kind of compared it to that. But the truth is. It's still 35% of Berkshire's portfolio. I thought I mean, it was you, over 40 on it. I, I think it's it might be into the 40s. I thought but that, it was, in the that 40s, was the but... that was the pressure. The pressure came to him for non-diversification. He just fought back saying that he has a certain amount of Apple because he feels confident that that's the best position to be in. Uh, and there's an argument here and you know I've been on this show for doing it for you know 9 years here now with you Joel and you know we've argued you know to stay diversified it's the safest way. But if you're trying to get ahead if you're really trying to like you know I'm young and I'm making a call diversification you know could harm your returns you know because you're just mm -hmm. you know you're in some good stocks but just in too many different things so i think it depends on where you are what stage you're in like me and joel are diversified here now we're getting older you know like joel's you know approaching 80 here 79 <laughs> but i mean when you're young and you're like money mitch here you know and you're you know just you know early in your trading career early in your career there's you know that's where you can take chances so I won't argue that, you know, it's okay to take chances and not be diversified when you're young, when you can afford to lose the money. If you're 70 and in retirement, you're all in on stuff. I think it's a different story. I think you should be diversified. But a diversification is good um, to preserve capital. But if you're really looking like I need to build capital as quickly as I can, <laughs> diversification can hurt you too. So yeah. there is a consideration. There is an argument there to be heavy in the ones that you really like. If and I agree young. with that. And yeah. I agree with that definitely. Uh, it's the only way to get to that complete next level, right? And if you're trying to keep capital, well, that's a whole nother ball game. Um, all right. I think that's enough for the Berkshire comments. Um, there was another comment into the banks. We'll wrap this up and move it into Pac West here. He did say that commercial real estate could struggle with higher borrowing rates and banks could face more pressure and noted that deposits were safe. He did talk about his you know, position in Bank of America. He said, we do remain on one bank holding. We originated that deal, Bank of America. I like Bank of America. I like the management. And I proposed a deal for them, so I will stick with it. He did say that about Bank of America. And then I'll also bring this in with, of course, our Pac West comments today. Uh, Pac West on Friday evening <clears throat> did announce a dividend cut to just one cent per share from 25 cents per share in the previous quarter. PacWest CEO Paul Taylor reassuring investors saying that the bank business remains fundamentally sound. Wait, they, they can't. I mean, you're talking out both sides your mouth. You're up, you're up for sale one day and now everything's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't like that. Trying to like bring the confidence back. But they're trying to bring the confidence back. The confidence has flown back in here. It looked really ugly three days ago and it has 
flown back in here to the tune of these, you know, regionals really rallying. I mean, the Friday rally, now we build on it here. PACW hit $2.48. It's now $7.71. Just quietly at a 200% rally here in two days. So it is a nice rally. Now, again, if you're coming in here now, I mean, now, you know, the risk reward doesn't look nearly as good. It never looked. I, I wasn't playing these things at all because I don't know if it's a zero or not. You don't know when they're talking like that. FDIC could come in over the weekend and seize it and you got nothing. So, you know, it's a high, high, high risk. The risk doesn't get any higher than a pack W. But the return's pretty high, too, because the people just got paid 200% for two days. So, I mean, it's all risk-reward, and the reward was there. I think the reward is starting to look not as good here now, though, because what do you think? It's going back to 2025 here? Maybe, maybe a couple of years from now if it, if it all materializes, but it'll be a, a, a rougher road. You know, maybe you got to 10. There might be room to 10, but I oh, would even be – I would be boy. ringing the register today. If I bought this in yep. two, three, four – five i would say thank you very much it's you basically got lucky um and you know because you're trying to catch up falling knife you know you basically broke every rule in the book by buying it but if you got it the last few days i personally would ring the register i haven't traded pack west yeah i i think that's exactly what happened and actually i i think i talked about that a little bit christian joined me on friday because uh he has some pony background but uh i think it was like the kre there was just crazy volume in this thing on uh, on Thursday, like boom, like just monster volume. And, and and a lot of times those are you know those are turning points. It's like you know oh you know someone's just puking it out. I can't take it anymore. The pain is too much on Thursday. And then you have I think you just have your intermediate players that like haven't been scarred by this, and you're like you know you know. They'll take a shot. You know, maybe they hedge with something else. I think in all these things, I think they took a shot and boom, you got the good news over the weekend and you're getting a pop. What well, You know, uh, I look at PACW and I wouldn't be comfortable with this thing until it got above that high uh, from uh, from uh, last week at like 892. But someone's just peeling out at eight. They like they don't care. They don't care if it goes to 850 today or nine. They took their risk at 253, 354, four and a half, five, five and a half. And they're like, oh, eight, you know, maybe their original target was seven on the trade. And now they're like, huh, seven fifty. Anything over seven fifty is premium. So, uh, just a big move, big volume going off too. Uh, you know, if you're buying this thing off the open, you want to see it like for Pack W, eight bid, eight ten, eight twenty, eight thirty, eight forty. That you know, if not, I'd, I'd look I for a little bit of I think you're going to see the fade. opposite. I think you're going to see. Oh, I agree. I agree with today. you. I agree. So I agree. I'm it's just saying too much. If you're it's, it's, it. it's a big move, really fast. Now you're coming back into that whole area that has memory nine to 10. I actually think this sets up more from the short side here. But, um, you know, you got to watch borrow costs. You got to watch a lot of stuff there, too. And it's yeah. too high risk to short, too. I mean, yeah, I, I think just trading this stuff, it's just not my cup of tea. I mean, there are some people who are really good at trading, you know, the, the movers, the crazy movers. I am not that person. I am not that person that's going in stocks and are moving eighty percent a day because I cannot control the risk on that. Yeah, and I, I don't like doing a lot of one to one trades. So if you tell me I can get fifty for fifty percent, guess what? I kick that to the side every time. Um, so let's go. Um, one thing I did see in the chat, and I agree with you. I, 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 this seems to me like the the postman saying here, the Titanic is unsinkable. Well. 
we, we found out that that wasn't true either, right? So just be careful out there, team. I know that CEOs, Warren Buffett saying that deposits are safe. Are they really safe? I mean, we've heard from the government they are, but that's a whole nother ball game if we keep getting banks. Yeah, I think they're, I think we're safe for now. I just think if for you now, had a dozen exactly. of those things failing, it'd be a different story. Right now, we're 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 looking okay again, though, because you're seeing rallies in the commons. You're starting to see, you know, some buyers come in. You're seeing some stabilization. You're seeing buyers into everything else. Yeah. So, this is a big week. This is a big week. Let's it's a big be week. I think you still got to be thinking about if you're, you know, rah rah bull market. You got to be thinking about the themes that are going to drive us drive the next bull market, and it's not banks. It's not the theme. The theme that's going to drive us in the next bull market is the stuff we talk about, AI. It's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, a theme there. It's why AMD, and I'm so mad at myself, well, that it gave me two shots down there. I talked yeah. about buying it twice on this show on the dip, and it gives you the second shot, and it's down there for like 10 minutes on Friday morning, and I come back to it. So I was trading out of my open, and I'm like, I'm going to go buy some AMD. I just didn't have time to get back to it because in the long-term portfolio, I got to trade out of all my stuff and you know work that because that's moving. And then I go back to my long-term portfolio usually around like 10 a.m. when I slow down on my trading. And I come back to it at 10 a.m. and it's already up three bucks from the lows. I was like, are you kidding me? It couldn't stay down there for a little bit there you know, so to get down there because I wanted to buy the AMD on Friday on the dip. And I talked about it on the show. you know, And it was in the 80, I think it got down to the 83s in the, in the pre-market. And then it opened right at the low and they couldn't stop buying it. But, you know, there's a reason for this. I mean, you still got, you know, Chip's talking with one of my friends who's in, in the chat a lot here over the weekend. There he came, uh, we went for lunch um, and he was talking just about the AI movement here and, you know, how much, you know, like the driver here is. And, you know, NVIDIA and AMD are going to be big players there in everything. Like he was very convinced that AI is going to be in everything. And I, I, I agree with him. I think there's yeah. going to be AI in a lot of stuff. I would agree with him, but I think everyone needs to slow their horses, man. This is way too fast, way too much. It's not causing that much revenue right now. This is the metaverse. This is the metaverse. Exactly like the metaverse, I would say. There's exactly like it. Niche. It's technology three years down the line, four years down the line. So it's going to be hype for now, and it's going to go away. This is how these hype words work. They, they come and they go. Let's just be honest. But but here's the deal. If you can buy a company like AMD at a reasonable valuation right now, and you have to de- determine what is reasonable. Like, I'm not going after NVIDIA here at 60 times. It's been running on the buzz. But That's... AMD has not got much run on this buzz, this AI buzz. And let's look. You know, what is the PE? Last time I looked, it was like 29. It's 31. It's not crazy. It's not crazy at 31. It's not out of the realm of possibility that AMD could actually grow into that multiple and be like 20 times earnings in two, three years. It's not of the realm of possibility. I'm not arguing to go buy GFAI or AI or, you know, like other things. But I can see, you know, the point here that a stock like AMD, which is not trading with a crazy valuation anymore, it's not cheap, not cheap by any means, but it's not 60 times. It's half the price of NVIDIA. That Lisa Sue is pretty smart, Joel. That Lisa Sue betting on her isn't a bad idea here. I mean, I just think AMD is going to be a big part of AI. That's why I'm not long it. I wanted to be long it. I was going, I had intentions to buy it on Friday under 85. It just didn't give me the chance. It took off too fast. I didn't get to it in time. 
So I'm like, now I don't know. It's down there twice. I think AMD is going to be back over $100. If this market, if this market, and again, there's a lot of- There you go. There you go. If this market is going to the next bull run, AMD is going to be over 100 bucks. It's not going to be just left in the dust. There's going to be that driver, that story driver of AI that's going to take us into that next bull run. And, you know, just because, and and, and I agree with you to a certain extent that, yeah, the metaverse was overhyped. I do think AI is going to be in everything, though. Like, I'm not saying, you know, we're all losing our jobs and, you know, it's all over and the bots and, you know, we got Skynet coming here. But I do think AI, I think AI is more legit than the metaverse. I think AI is like, you can see applications everywhere. I'm still skeptical on the metaverse. Like, we're all going to go and buy our virtual houses and we're all going to you know, put on our headphones and not go out anymore. We're just going to socialize the metaverse. That's a stretch. But AI is not a stretch to like, you know, just helping all businesses, you know, like, helping, you know, into everything, into the pharmaceutical industry, into all the industries. It's going to touch into everything. It's why NVIDIA is relentlessly bid. I'm just saying, I think AMD has got a catch-up trade with NVIDIA here eventually because I don't think NVIDIA should be trading with twice the multiple of AMD. The big thing for me there is not that AI is not real, but that it's going to take years and years. I mean, just think about how long IBM has had Watson. If you guys think that well, AI would have taken over, then yeah, it would have already taken over. The truth is it's going to take years and years for true AI to be available. They're just comparing well, Mitch, then you should be looking at it. You should be looking at it yes, then. Yes, you yes. Know, for, your, the, you for, know, for your portfolio. For investors but... out there, I would definitely agree it's a, it's a look at, right? It's a, it's just a, you're, you're trading a theme here. That's what, you're, that's what you're doing. But this theme is real. The yes. metaverse yes. is... Still different. a fantasy land. You know, Ooh. Bitcoin taking over, and we're all going to transact in Bitcoin. That's still a fantasy. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Bitcoin to a certain extent. The regionals are failing. You can see what happens. Yeah, we have the Binance headline down, but I mean, there's definitely the regional starting to show strength as a sign to get out of Bitcoin now. I mean, and the Binance thing is just coincidental here, obviously, but it's driving Bitcoin down here today. But I mean, there's all these themes we went through blockchain and this and that. AI is like something that I think is equivalent to like the internet. It isn't like the metaverse is like, you know, expansion of that, but AI is going to be in everything. So I'm just I like, think it is in everything. AMD, I think it's already here. I think we I think you already have it in a lot in uh it, it is in, Joel, in, but it's a gonna lot even, of ways. It's gonna come a lot faster than Mitch thinks. It's gonna come a lot faster. Applications are gonna continue to come and it's not gonna go away. Here's AMD, it was $164 a year and a half ago, and that was stupid. It shouldn't have got that high. The valuation was ridiculous. But you're halved. You're at 89 bucks on AMD. And I made this argument on Friday too, and I'm making it again. I think you got to be buying AMD on pullbacks here because I do think, um, and, and, and chips for that. You I mean, know, we're late to the boat calm. though. You got your pullback on the earnings. Why nah. are we late to the boat? Because we got a discount off the earnings, right? I mean, look at the monthly well, that's what, chart. What are you talking about from about two days ago? I, I just think it's a chase now uh, up here. Up from the earnings. I'm saying buying pullbacks. Let's just stop and listen. Like instead yeah. of you know just like trying to come up with something. What yeah. uh, what I'm saying is I regret not buying it the last couple of days. I've said this the last three days. I said it when it dropped down on the earnings that I think it's going to be a buy. The next day it popped up on the Azure headline. Then it pulled back and gave you another shot. I missed it both times. All I'm right. saying on pullbacks. I don't buy rips on pullbacks here. I buy stocks, Mitch. I mean you've been listening to me for a long time. Yeah. How often uh, do I buy a stock that runs up 10 percent? No, How often no. do I do that? I, I was just saying we got it. We got a nice discount off the earnings, right? Yeah, I know we missed it though. 
Yeah, so yeah. that's gone. We, I, I, if I could go back in time, create the time machine, and go back to Thursday, uh, the first thing I would do, go back to Friday, is the first thing I do. I can't do that, though. So all I can do is take the information. I'm saying on pullbacks here, I'm not saying today that I got to go and chase AMD. I'm, and it might keep going here. I'm saying on pullbacks, you get 87 on this, 88. I I don't think you're going to get a shot at 81 or 82 again. Not, not in the near future, unless the market turns around and just starts crashing. So I think you've got to be, you know, buying dips on AMD. All I'm arguing here is to buy dips on AMD because if in, in your long-term portfolio, because I think we're going to see AMD over $100 sooner than later. All right. Well, there you guys see it. We'll see if AMD gets above that 100. It's 833 here. Let's maybe, uh, do you want to just take a little peek at BioNTech? I know they reported earnings, but it's more traded in, of course, uh, the European markets. Their EPS at $2.05 there down um, from $14.24, but they did reiterate COVID-19 vaccines revenue mm -hmm. guidance of approximately $5 billion in 2023. So let's take a little peek into BioNTech, and then we'll get to our guests coming up, team. Smash yeah, the it's out a there. pop on this, but just such an extended downtrend. I mean, a lot of overhead supply, pre-market high, fourteen ninety-four. Fourteen ninety was uh, uh, was your April twenty-eighth high. So I'd keep an eye on that if you're looking for more follow-through. But I just, I mean, I just don't. If if money's like Dennis is talking about, if money's moving, if we're breaking out over forty-two hundred, you know, I don't know if this is the stock that I want to be in. I think that there, you know, this is not going to be your leader. Just overhead supply. That's uh, for BNTX, and then uh, hate this stock. <laughs> absolutely let's just call it out i absolutely hate this stock i've been correct the whole way down less people getting covid shots i don't think there's any reason to own bntx my opinion i would not own bntx i think it is a lot lower one year from now and that's how you feel i agree on that one i just i don't think it's where you know we talk about the rotation and I, I mean, I just, until you get another, you know, major crisis or something, I don't see the money uh, rotating uh, into this one. And uh, you want to do eat less chicken real quick oh, and gosh. get that out of the way? What That's is going good. on? There's no one eating chicken out there anymore. What's going on there? All right. Well, Tyson, Q2 adjusted EPS at a loss of $0.04, cents misses $0.80 cent estimate. Sales of $13.3 billion misses the $13.62 billion estimate. They lowered their fiscal revenue outlook uh, to 53. Um, it was at 53 to 54. Um, the prior the prior was 55 to 57. Now they brought it down to 53 to 54. So a couple billion off their revenue guidance for the fiscal year 23. <laughs> it's a disaster. I mean, while we talked about is chicken and you know, and, and you look at this here, this is a disaster. They were expecting to make money and they lost money or they didn't make anything. I mean, this is just an epic disaster and nobody saw it coming. Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm staying away. I'm staying away. Oh, I have no. to look into this more, but I have no idea how you know the report could be that much of a disaster. This is an epic disaster. And if you that. if drive if you drive by a Chick-fil-A, I mean you would not see this as uh 
actually possible. But uh, I'll just give you the COVID low here, your May low, 54.28. If that's uh, if you're looking for a level um, on the downside here. All right, 8.36. Let's go to our guest, Mitch. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest time today. Hello, Tracy Reinyak from Zach's Research. Tracy, how are you doing today? I'm good. It's a good Monday morning. It is a good Monday. So are you as surprised at Q1 earnings as I am? Uh, a little bit, yeah. It's much better than what everybody was expecting. So, and yeah. The, and the consumer, I mean, they're out there. They're still spending money. They talk, <laughs> talk to us about some of these consumer names. How they've been doing, and then I mean, could they could this carry in the Q2? Take the S and P over forty two hundred. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, because some of them are quite big names. You know, we had uh, excellent report out of McDonald's. They were already doing excellently last year for first quarter, so they had tough comps to try to overcome, and they managed to do it. So people are still finding value in McDonald's. That is usually what happens. It's still fairly affordable to go and eat there, uh, but not so affordable at somewhere like Starbucks. And they had tremendous comps. I, I couldn't even believe what their comps were. And then we had Chipotle. They've been on the upswing throughout the pandemic. Uh, you know, the app really helped and that's still driving a lot of their sales. But they're also somewhat affordable, and so they're still seeing the consumer turning out there. And that comp was much better than expected. So on the food side, oh, and let me not forget Wingstop. That's another one that very good during the pandemic. And then the price you were just talking about chicken, the, the chicken wing prices have come down. So that's helped them on the margins, and people are still finding value there. So on food side, the consumer is still spending. We are seeing a little bit of a pullback on like apparel. That area is still kind of dead. Furniture, very dead, because if you're not buying the, the house, you're, you're unlikely to buy the furniture. And we all bought all the outdoor furniture and all that <laughs> the last couple of years. We don't need that. I, I just got a text message over the weekend from Williams and Sonoma telling me that there was a sale on all of their outdoor furniture for up to 60%. And, you know, so you're not going to get 60 on everything, obviously, but uh, I don't remember seeing, you know, real big promotions on outdoor in May. That's a little early for them to be trying to push it out, I feel. So uh, yeah, furniture side still kind of dead, but I would take a look at some of those stocks on the furniture side. They've come way back. You know, they, they pulled back. They're pretty cheap. They might get a little bit cheaper here still, um, but I kind of like the furniture area because housing isn't as dead either as what everybody was thinking. Like, well, what I think that's like a big surprise. Yeah. I don't know if you've been looking at those charts. Uh, take a look at like TriPoint Homes, TPH. Mm. They reported just in the last week. It was a great earnings report from TriPoint. Um, and then Beezer, also a great earnings report, BZH is that one. I think Pulte might be at all-time highs or That's something. Unreal. Pulte. Yeah. Uh, so, no recession know. to be found there, Tracy. No. Uh, yeah. 
you know, sales have come down sharply off of last year, the records they all had last year. So they're down 30 to 40%, but the margins are holding up quite well. For most of them, it's been over 20% margins, which is usually like the bullish time for the home builders is when it's over 20 and it's down off those highs too, but they're making money hand over fist if it's over 20. And some of that has to do with the lumber costs have come way down now. And they're saving, you know, 10000 or more per home just on lumber costs alone. Uh, so that's helping. Yeah, they have had to adjust prices in some markets. And then a lot of them say that they're adjusting product. And that means they're shrinking the size of the home to make it more affordable. But they've all talked about how the buyers are adjusting to these higher mortgage rates. Now, the home builders are mostly buying down the mortgage rates as well. So if they're at six, five for the 30 year fixed, they're able to buy it down to like five, seven, five, and it's not real expensive for them to do that. And in the fives, it seems to be the sweet spot where the buyers are willing to go in. Uh, if, it, if we see mortgage rates go back up over seven, I think it's going to get a little more dicey for the home builders over the summer if that were to happen. But right now that's not happening. So they are seeing the buyers come back in there. And that's another sign, you know, we're not in a recession because you're not as apt to buy a new home when you're worried about losing your job and all that. So it's it's a good sign. Maybe the soft landing could happen. Well, if they're, if they're not worried about the homes, are they still buying those expensive coffees? It seems like the chat wants to hear about bros and maybe we could bring Starbucks with it too. Oh, what do you bros. think about those, Tracy? Um, I don't really follow it? bros because it's so small. I, I just <laughs> think, you know, Starbucks is the industry leader. I own Starbucks yeah. in my own personal portfolio. I've owned it for like 10 years or something now. It's... Uh, Every time you go in there, you just you see the generations, basically, and they have been able to raise the prices with very little pushback. As as we all know, we go in there, we're still buying it. Right. Uh, they have improved on their food items. So I, I do like that. Um, Starbucks is not a cheap stock here, though. It is fairly expensive on a P.E. basis. So, um, you know, it has pulled back off those highs off of that earnings report. But uh, and it's got the new CEO, but I still still am a fan of going with the leaders. And, Are you? Well, and there's a consideration make... here too. Sorry, Joel. There's a consideration okay. here too, Tracy, that we are seeing when the good stocks come down on their earnings report, we are seeing them coming in and buying them quickly. I mean, AMD yeah. was bought very quickly. We we're just talking about that one, but Starbucks, um, you know, is starting to lift here too. I mean. It's yeah. like, and you know, you, you seem to get these pullbacks here. Even GNRC, um, you know, which was a week and a half ago, now it's turned around here. It seems like when these stocks, you know, the, these leaders are dipping, this there's money managers just out here lurking. And does this just go to, you know, there's maybe just too many people with too much cash, including myself? Yeah, and to buy the quality. I mean, it yeah. was it dipped on a good earnings report because. They, they did talk about, you know, China being a little slow to recover and some of these things that and they have the new CEO. So there was a little bit of doubt in there. But overall, like those comps are just they were incredible. Again, double digit comps in the U.S. 
And you don't you don't really see the slowing. Even in Europe, you're not seeing the slowing with Starbucks. And that's historically where they do see it when you're going into like a global recession. So, yeah, I feel like that sell off was overdone, but the shares were at 52 week highs going into that report. And I think that's true of a lot of these big cap names. They're, Tracy, they're pretty hot. One more on them and throw you to Joel. Uh, do you cover Crocs? I don't, but we've talked about it on the show in the past. Yeah. Just because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking and, you know, here's one that was a leader. Here's one that actually had a really good earnings report here. Yeah. And they hammered it just because the expectations were too high. They've they hammered were, it all the way yeah. down to like $110 where we bottomed in March and we bottomed in February and we bottomed in January. And I'm looking at this 110 level on Crocs and thinking, man, maybe this is a stock and the PE is reasonable here. Um, yeah. You know, and if people keep wanting to buy the whole, the shoes with holes in them, what do you think of Crocs? I do like the shoes. Uh, a lot of the shoe stocks have had big runs um, because shoes do well in recessions. People, if they're looking around, oh, I want to improve my wardrobe, they will go into the shoes. So I think that's why a lot of them have had nice runs. I like Deckers a lot. They've got the Hoka 1-1s. That's a huge brand for them now in, in addition to the Uggs. That, it just, it's been a little bit too hot for me there. Um, I would also take a look at maybe Nike. That They have, uh, they're just, they're very hot right now. <laughs> Um, especially in the U.S., they've launched their Michael Jordan uh, line for women, and it's already sold out. Like I saw some influencers talking about it on YouTube, and I went over to to Nike to go look at it. And several, it comes in many colors, but several of the uh, colors were already sold out. So um, Nike, you know, it's gotten a, a boost, and it had a decent earnings report. And China, again, is reopening, so that's going to help them. So, yeah, any of these shoes. Uh, Boot Barn is another one that I like a lot. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think they've reported yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, any of these, like the shoe retailers or the shoe manufacturers, I I'm into that. It kind of falls in the beauty category. Beauty is seen also as kind of recession proof, but we'll see if we actually go into recession, what happens with beauty, but elf beauty. I think I talked about that one the wow. last time I was here and elf is still insane. It's still, and it's like 55 times earnings now. It's just way overbought in my opinion, but um, we'll see. They, they keep beating and raising. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking right now at the Zach's number one's rankings, and you guys can always check that out, of course, Zach's.com. I see Marriott included here, so um, I don't yeah. see recession. If I'm thinking number one ranking on Marriott here. What are we seeing, Tracy? Uh, the hotels are good. Uh, travel is good. I don't know if any of you have done any recently, but all the planes are sold out. Uh, you know, heaven forbid your flight should be canceled some way. You might be stuck somewhere for a couple <laughs> days even. The cruises um, are good, Tracy. You got to go on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have a, a friend who just booked a cruise for 2024 for yeah. like April of 2024. Yeah, because it was already like three-fourths sold out. And she was concerned it would be sold out if she did not book it right now. So, yeah, like any travel is still huge with the consumer. That's another sign. We're not in a recession uh, the Marriott CEO was on CNBC after their earnings, and he was talking about, you know, a lot of their urban hotels are doing much better. 
And, uh, you know, that's helpful because the resorts did well during the pandemic because we all wanted to escape the cities. But now urban uh, travel is coming back, both with like business people, but also with leisure. People are going back to the cities. So a lot of these hotel chains, you know, have big uh, footprints in the major cities globally. All right. And as close as we're getting closer to 9 a.m., I think that everybody might need an energy drink. So I don't know if you've been seeing Monster's been making a big move. And I do see CELH Celsius here on the number one ranking. So tell us a little bit about what they're seeing in the energy drinks. Uh, well, it's a similar thing that we've seen with like Pepsi and the other consumer brands. They The consumer is still spending on these kinds of items. And Monster, interestingly, people don't really lump it in with like the big tech companies. Usually in your mind, you're not, but it is one of the best performing stocks of the last 30 years. It ranks in the, like wow. the top 10. And uh, I think it went IPO in like 1995 or thereabouts. So almost 30 years for their IPO, but it has been a tremendous performer and it kind of does get overlooked, but the consumer with, again, all these consumer type companies like the Pepsi's, even the like Hershey's, you know, these types of stocks are where everybody's going in. Now, most of them aren't that cheap. So that's my issue with them right now because I am the value investor. Uh, but, you know, people are still paying the premium for these brands. They're not trading down. All right, we've been talking a little old rosy here and, you know, possible scenarios here. Uh, you know, obviously we have the, the banking, you know, situation, which is bad one day and good the next day here. Any pitfalls in the market here? We have some inflation data uh, coming up uh, uh, later in this week. We're bumping up against resistance here. If there's something that keeps you, you know, awake at night or, you know, like, man, do, for a negative turn in the market, what would that be, Tracy? Well, I've been saying for months that I believe it's going to be the debt ceiling. Uh, it's coming up faster than I thought. I thought it would be July or August, but apparently it's now June. And I don't know about all of you, but I did live through and remember 2011 and what happened during that negotiation. And so did uh, you know President Biden. He lived through it too because he was their chief negotiator. So that throws kind of a wrench in things too. And we know the market was down double digits during that negotiation. So I do have some cash on the sidelines uh, and I'm waiting to get better deals on some stocks if we see another sell-off here as it gets closer, as that deadline gets closer, because that's what happened last time. Now we did see in 2011, because it was an outside event that caused the stock market to come down, not what was going on at the individual companies. And tons of insiders, the most I've ever seen, dove in in that August of 2011 to buy stocks once the debt ceiling thing was done. <laughs> um, and so it could be a big buying opportunity from the insiders again if we do get like a double digit pullback, which is possible. It has happened. Tracy Reinyag, Senior Equity Strategist over there at Zach's Investments Research, a Michigan fan and uh, yep. Jesus recruiting class. I mean, you're going into going into football with some high expectations. Uh, Tracy. We are. I, expect, I expect to see you in Ann Arbor this year in the big house. OK, thanks I for coming so. on. Great information. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. OK, see you guys. 
All right, a little bit of a seesaw market here this morning. We're still maintaining our gains of six handles at 56 and a quarter. I alluded to Friday's high at uh, 63 and a quarter, Wednesday's high at 67 and a quarter. So after that four day losing streak, Monday through Thursday, the Bulls fought back uh, on, on Friday. Really important level to, to clear. Uh, as we've seen, it's been a, a choppy you know, market, but Man, we're in a range here, and uh, yeah. the Bulls got some heavy lifting to do. Well, I don't think so, though. I think when you look under, the main reason we are not up much here today on the Tech. S&Ps yep. is all the Apple, Microsoft, Meta, Google, Amazon, Netflix are all down. Um, and Nvidia, that's just rotation. Yep. The banks go up. You've got to understand the rotation in this market. If you're day trading, long-term investing, it maybe doesn't matter. But if you're day trading or if you're doing any short-term trading, it is all rotation right now, every single time. Like, why was Microsoft relentlessly bid? Because the regional banks were weak and they were looking for a hiding place. Well, the regional banks are starting to pick it up the last couple of days. And you know what? Microsoft has a pretty good day on Friday, but does it follow through here? I don't know. you got to be careful here because just because the market and the regional banks turn around doesn't mean Microsoft is necessarily a buy in the short term because, you know, you can see this morning it's down. So just respect those relationships. They're dumb. They are dumb, but they're out there right now. So right now you've got big mega cap tech versus the world, really. So in the world in IWM, you know, going down, they were hiding out and all those things. IWM is starting to show a little bit of life here the last couple of days. While this morning they're taking some money out of those bigger names. So just respect the rotation if you're a trader. All right, team, let's go ahead. Let's get into our daily trade zero time. All right, first one we're going to bring up, of course, is Zscaler as they're wow. trading higher after the company raises preliminary Q3 revenue guidance from $396 million and $398 million now to $415 million on the low end and $419 million on the high end. So you guys see Zscaler up here and also, of course, affecting other cybersecurity stocks. Are you Let's kidding take a look. me? Is what I'm just like up twenty percent because they raised revenue six percent. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly I mean, this what is just doing. shows you there's some stuff that's so beat up. When it says any piece of good news, they buy hand over fist. And Zscaler has been the dog of all dogs. It's been straight down for two years, has not participated in any of the recent rally. And mm-hmm. it just says a hint of good news. They're like, Whoa, we forgot about this one. So, I mean, I'm not saying you come in here and you short it because it's so beat up, but just showing you expectations for some of these companies are absolutely in the gutter. And they raise our revenue just a slightest little bit. It's not like, oh, that big. Goodness. That's exactly what I was thinking. 352 I... a year and a half ago, 89 bucks. I mean, this stock has not participated in any type of a rally that we've had. So, I mean, now all of a sudden it's like it's back and, you know, and you're seeing it. But again, bag holder central everywhere here. So I'm not chasing any stock up 20%. This is a revenue raise, but it's not even a big one. Wow. Just, you know, shocking that they raise, they're buying it up that much. But again, it just shows how beat up it was, I guess. Uh, four bucks off that pre-market high at 111.62. Uh, I wish I had a daily level that coincided with that. I don't. So if you get if if you get through that 111.62, your next daily high comes in at 113.31. Uh, but man, when you get these big moves like this and then you back off, 
you really got to catch a bid early in a strong bid. Right now, there's mild intraday support at, uh, at 106. But, man, a bit, exactly when Mitch was reading those numbers, and I'm like, come on. I mean, is that, you know, do you add that much in market cap for that kind yeah. of news? Well, that's what they're doing. We'll see what happens there. And, of course, just to point to it, you see Snow up big on this. You see Pan W showing up on the scanner. Oh, yeah. You see CrowdStrike showing up on the scanner. So, definitely, they're getting a little bit of some push off that backing. Uh, we can keep going through some other names here. There's ALB showing up. What do you think about this one, Dennis? Well, you know what I think about it. I think it's ridiculously undervalued. But, again, it's ridiculously out of favor, too. And they say good stuff, and they have a good report, and people ignore mm -hmm. it. They just don't care. This thing's trading like nine times earnings. Again, it's cyclical, so you have to remember that. But the earnings they reported was just fantastic. $10.32 versus a 7.03 estimate. This company is just a printing press right now. And again, you think like, again, you got to know the revenue, the sales were, you know, so the quarter was excellent, but the sales guidance wasn't great. So, you know, was it, is it, you know, in the best world it can be right now? Maybe. Maybe lithium's going to start to slow, but I still think, Lithium is going to be a big part of the future. As much as, you know, I believe in AI, I also believe in EV as well. And lithium is going to be there. Albemarle, one of the biggest producers in the world of lithium. I'm long. I'm wrong. I've been wrong. Um, I think I event eventually will be right on this, though. So it's in the long-term portfolio, not looking at it. I think eventually I'm going to be right on this. I think it's going to take some time, though. Uh, not a lot of cues. I mean, traded 12,000 shares, trading near the highs of the pre-market session, 186.60 uh, is your pre-market high. I, this one looks a little different to me uh, as far as, uh, you know, if I was going to chase one, it would probably be this one as opposed to uh, the Zscaler. Uh, next potential target on the upside uh, would be 188.56. And the other thing about this one, if you're, you know, if you don't like gaps and everything and you think this is a good move, you had a pair of highs at 185 uh, the last two sessions. So if you come back to there, uh, potential support, unfortunately, the close is way down at uh, 179.70. Uh, looks like, uh, where was it? It was just there, but it looks like it disappeared on me now. Um, I was going to talk about Chipotle because it looked like the burritos were strong there, but uh, I don't know, man. It just seems like that stock doesn't want to go away. Never goes that. away. Yeah, never. I would that, never that fight this. Is just this is one of those I just don't gravity. fight. Yeah, defy. There's the NVIDIA, CMG. They're just in a level of their own. Investors want to own them forever. They give them twice or three times the multiple of other stocks. I mean, what's yeah. CMG trading? 50 times earnings, 55 times earnings. Again, fantastic company. I've never been able to wrap my head around the valuation, but I missed the whole thing because of that. So sometimes I guess you just got to ignore it. Yeah, that's the hard part right there, right? Um, now, would you be taking shots in a WAL? Bum, bum, bum. None of these. None of these, I, right? None I, of I'm, these. I'm if no anything, if these, anything, but... I'd play them from the short side, but you're not supposed to. I don't like you saying anything about shorting the banks. They're talking about, <laughs> you know, White House ta rumors talking about getting rid of short selling on banks. I mean, again, I think it, it makes it more efficient. This is a big pop for WAL. I, I mean, is it imminent? But it's come all the way back up to where you have all this memory, 35 to 40. Yeah. If you were so lucky and that all it is is luck to buy this at 11 or 12 or 15 or 18, and it's just tripled in two days, I think you're taking the money and running. So, yeah, I would be out of WAL. I would be selling it. That's just my opinion. 
I may be wrong. Maybe all these banks are eventually going to be back to all-time highs, and I hope that's the case. And I, you know what? If this subsides, the regional banks, if there's no more bank runs, no more bank failures, five years from now, these stocks may be back there. But they're not coming back here tomorrow. And I think if you're thinking 31 to 60 to 80 in, in this year, I don't think so. I think you're going to run into trouble here soon on WAL and PACW because you're just getting back up to where we just fell from. So getting all those losses back. So the people who are in these stocks at 40, at 38, at 37, and they just watched go to 11 in three days, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and they're, they are thanking, they're, you know, thanking everyone right now that this stock has come back and given me my money back. So, I mean, at 35 to 40, Joel, there is so many people who are underwater. Everybody who bought for the last two months got hammered two days ago. They're getting all their money back. Yeah. I'd be selling it. 33.30s. Uh, this one looks a little stronger as far as like uh, a bit out there. You're just uh, you stuck over 32. But uh, keep your eye on the pre-market high. And uh, if you're looking for another target on that one, I don't know about that 35 to 40 area today. But your three-day highs at 33.30, That's uh, that definitely is a potential target on the upside. All right, team. I do want to take a quick look at the net change down. And with this one, I'll just mention at the top here, I have uh, MSTR. You guys are seeing some Bitcoin stocks down, coin also down big here. And it seems like there's some battle going on in cryptocurrency. Uh, there was over the weekend kind of issues that were going on with Binance. They yeah. halted Bitcoin withdrawals for several hours on Monday, citing heavy volumes and surge in processing fees before clearing them at a higher cost. Um, so just be careful out there, team. We could see maybe some continued downside. It wasn't that big of a hit in Bitcoin overall. I think I saw it down about like a percent, a little bit more than that maybe. But now. we'll see. We'll see if this continues to leak. And will it start to show up in maybe tech stocks? We know how this has been correlated, but we'll have to wait and find out. Bitcoin has had this huge lift because of the regional banking crisis. I don't know if the regional banking crisis is over. I, nobody knows if it's over or not. It's impossible to tell, but they've bounced. And don't kid yourself, this, the, the sell for Bitcoin was Friday because it was bouncing with the regional banks, which made zero sense. Being, this, the Bitcoin has been up because of the regional banks. That is why Bitcoin has rallied. It, again, a little bit, you know, early 2023 wasn't the case. But this rally from March you know, mid-March up to, you know, this rally of the last $5,000 worth of Bitcoin or $7,000 worth of Bitcoin is all because of the regional banks. People fleeing out of there and saying, oh my goodness, the crypto people might be ready, I better buy Bitcoin. And now if the regional banks stabilize, that is not good news for Bitcoin here. Again, we don't know. If the regional banks start to get into trouble here again, which might happen, Bitcoin will start to catch a bit. So just keep an eye on that inverse relationship between Bitcoin and the regional banks. This Binance is obviously knocking it down here today. 16, if you're like trading the BITO, 16 is a huge level. It's there right now. It's a huge level. It's got us hold that. If it gives that, then you start thinking about 14 again. But I think the regional banks are going to dictate the next move for Bitcoin here again, unless this Binance headlines start to get worse. Or, you know, there's always the risk, you know, if there's some individual headlines to Bitcoin, like the Binance. But overall, there's a lot of people hiding in Bitcoin right now that were scared of the regional banks. You know, I was, you know, one of them, you know, not necessarily hiding it, but, you know, talking, you know, and trading Bitcoin off of the regional banks. And it's been working well. I do think there's an inverse relationship that we have to respect. Okay. All right. I'm going to hop out of here, guys. Everyone uh, have a good trading day. And uh, let's see if we could uh, take out those pair of highs from Wednesday and Friday in the S&P. So back with you later on.
All right, Joel's getting out of here. You guys can keep up with him, of course. Pre-market prep plus, definitely. Give the nice little follow there. And we're wrapping up the day here. Like always, you guys can check out the extensive short inventory from Trade Zero. We just showed you guys Zero Pro. Threw up the link there, so definitely check it out. Any last comments from Dennis Dick here? Keep an eye on W-A-L-P-A-C-W. Keep an eye on those stocks here today. You want them if you're like, you know, in this rah-rah IWM. We're turning it around. You need those stocks to hold the gains. I'm scared that those stocks could turn. Those stocks turn. Everything changes here again. I do think there's people lurking on the Microsofts and the Apples and the Metas. So they're dipping here this morning because we're getting some bank rallies there. Those dips are probably going to get bought because that is just what has been happening here. So, you know, could they dip a little bit more? They've run a little bit far, but he got Microsoft back, you know, to where it was a couple of days ago, 304, 305. If that was to happen, I think people are coming here and buy the dips on those again. So buying the dip on quality. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Like always, smash the like, keep up with everything Triple D Trader does. Have a good one, my friend. Straight out of the trading room. That's what his shirt sort of said. But all right, we're going to get you guys over to, of course, live trading that's coming up next as we continue with our small account challenge. Yes, Ryan and I made step forward. Ryan is beating me right now. So I got to see if I can play a little catch up this week. But it's all about the base hits, right? The base hits add up to it and so if you guys want to come over and check out our small account challenge of course uh we're we've been working with mumu a new broker but enjoying the analytics from it so if you guys haven't checked it out come over to live trading and i do want to let you guys know we did get back to the book club we had a great meeting this weekend uh, of course these are always sunday night so if you guys want to join the book club you guys can still do so we do it every sunday 6 p.m eastern and we got over 500 members yes signed up for the book club so if you guys want to join the book club this was my big initiative that we started in just this year five months down the line we got 500 members hoping to grow this to 1,000 members before the end of the year so you guys out there smash the like sign up and hit the form that you guys will see right now i'm throwing it up there it was a great refresh we touched some uh, some patterns. I even brought some major names, AMD, Microsoft, Apple. What are the patterns that we see on even those charts? So we'll see you guys always on the book club and up next on live trading. I want to see if we get some new faces. So I'll see you guys over there. Smash the like and let's keep it going team.